BetterHelp.com, you deserve to be happy. After therapy, individual, couples, teens, the world's largest therapy service, 100% online. Professional licensed and vetted therapists who you can trust. Tap into the world's largest network of licensed, accredited, and experienced therapists who can help you with a range of issues including depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, and more. With BetterHelp therapists, you get the same professionalism and quality you would expect from an in-office therapist, but with the ability to communicate when and how you want, get matched to the best therapist for you, answer a few questions, <coughs> to find a therapist who fits your needs and preferences, tap into the largest network of licensed professional board certified providers, communicate your way, messaging, chat, phone, video, talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, therapy when you need it, message your therapist anytime from... Anywhere, no scheduling needed. Schedule a live session at a time that's convenient for you. Connect from your phone, tablet, or computer. Good morning. Here is chapter 14 of Laura Ingalls Wilder's The Long Winter, titled One Bright Day. That blizzard lasted only two days. Tuesday morning, Laura woke up suddenly. She lay with her eyes wide open, listening to hear again what had awakened her. There was no sound at all. That, that, then she knew. The stillness had startled her awake. There were no noise of wind, no swish, swish of icy snow scouring the walls and roof and window. The sun was glowing bright through the frost on the window at the top of the stairs, and downstairs, Ma's smile was like sunshine. The blizzard's over, she said. It was only a two-day blizzard. You can never tell what a blizzard will do, Pa agreed. It may be that your hard winter won't prove to be so hard after all, Ma said happily. Now the sun is shining. They should have the trains running again in no time. And more, I'm sure there will be school today. Better get yourself ready for it while I get breakfast. Laura went upstairs until Carrie to put on her school dress in the warm kitchen again. She scrubbed her face and neck well with soap and pinned up her braids. Pa breathed in gaily from doing the chores. Old soul's bright and shining this morning, he told her. Looks like his face was well washed for snow, in snow. Hash brown potatoes were on the table, and Ma's wild ground cherry preserves shone golden in a glass bowl. Ma stuck a platter with toast brown in the oven and then took from the oven a small dish of butter. I had to warm the butter, she said. It was frozen as hard as a rock. I could not cut it. I hope Mr. Bose brings us some more soon. This is what the cobbler threw at his wife. Grace and Carrie were puzzled all, while all the others laughed. It showed how happy Ma was that she would make jokes. That was his all, Mary said, and Laura exclaimed, Oh no, it was the last. That was all he had. Girls, girls, Ma said gently because they were, they were laughing too much at the table. Then Laura said, But I thought we were out of butter when we didn't have any yesterday. Pancakes were good with salt pork, said Ma. I saved the butter for toast. There was just enough butter for a scraping on every slice. Breakfast was so merry in the warmth and stillness and light that the clock was striking half past eight before they finished and Ma said, Run along, girls. This one I'll do this time this one time I'll do your housework. The whole outdoors was dazzling, sparkling brightly in the sunshine. All the length the main street was a high drift of snow. A ridge taller than Laura. She and Carrie had to climb to its top and get Carefully down its other side. The snow was packed so hard that their shoes made no marks on it and their heels dig 
could take no damps to keep them from slipping. In the schoolyard was another glittering drift of almost as high as the schoolhouse. Cap Garland and Ben Arthur Cap Garland and Ben and Arthur and the little Walmart boys were skating down it on their shoes as Laura used to slide a summer lake, and Mary Power and Minnie were standing out in the cold sunshine by the door, watching the fun the boys were having. Hello, Laura, Laura Mary Power said gladly, and she tucked her mitten in under Laura's arm and squeezed it. They were pleased to see each other again. It seemed a long time since Friday and even since Saturday afternoon that they had meant to play together. <coughs> but there was no time to talk, for a teacher came to the door and girls and boys must go in to their lessons. At recess, Mary Parrot, Laura, and Mindy stood at the window and, sn- and watched the boys sliding down the snowdrift. Laura wished she could go outdoors to play too. I wish we weren't too big now, she said. I don't think it's very fun being a young lady. Well, we can't help growing up, Mary Power said. What would you do if you were caught in the blizzard, Mary? Minnie Johnson was asking. I guess I would keep just walk. I guess I would just keep on walking. You wouldn't freeze if you kept on walking, Mary answered. But you'd tire yourself out. You'd get so tired you'd die, said Minnie. But what would you do, Mary Power asked her. I'd dig into a snowflake and let the snow cover me up. I don't think you'd freeze to death in a snowflake, would you, Laura? I don't know, Laura said. Well, what would you do, Laura, if you got caught in the blizzard, Minnie insisted. I wouldn't get caught, Laura answered. She did not like to think about it. She would rather talk with Mary Power about other things. But Miss Garland rang the bell, and the boys came trooping in, red with the cold and grinning. That whole day long, everyone was as cheerful as the sunshine. At noon, Laura and Mary Power and Carrie with the berries of the girls raced in. The shouting crowd over the big snow just home to dinner. On top of the hydrant was what that was Main Street, some went north and some went south, and Laura carried slid down its east side to their own front door. Paul was already in his place at the table, Mary was lifting Grace onto the pile of books in her chair, and Ma was setting a dish of stream baked potatoes before Pa. I do wish we had some butter for them, she said. Salt brings out the flavor, Paul was saying when a loud knocking sounded on the kitchen door. Carrie ran to open it and big and furry as a bear in his buffalo coat, Mr. Bose came in. Come in, Bose, come in, come in, Paul kept saying. They were so glad to see him. Come in and put your feet under the table. You're just in time. Where is Mrs. Bose, Mary inquired. Yes, indeed. Didn't she come with you, Ma said eagerly. Mr. Bush was getting out of his wrath. Well, no, you see, Ellie thought she must do the washing while it's been shown. I told her we'll have more good days, but she said that she'd come to town no one on one of them. She sent you some butter. It's from our last churning. My cows are going dry. The weather we've been having, I couldn't keep take care of them. Mr. Bush sat up to the table, and they all began on the good, the good baked potatoes with butter after all. Glad to know you came through the snow all right, Pa said. Yes, we're lucky. I was walking. I was watering stock at the well when the cloud came up. I hurried them in, had them all snug in a stable, and got halfway to the house before the storm struck, Mr. Bush told them. The baked potatoes and hot biscuits which with butter were delicious, and to finish the dinner, there were more biscuits with some of Ma's rich tomato preserves. There's no more salt pork in town, Pa said, get, getting all our supplies from the east. This way we run a little short when the trains don't get through. What do you hear about the train? Mr. Bose asked him. 
they put extra gangs to work on the Tracy Cut was worth his power fight, and they're bringing out snowfalls. We can <coughs> we can look for a train before the end of the week. Ellis counting on my getting some tea and sugar and flour," said Mr. Bost. The storekeeper's raising prices, any? Not that I knew. Noah Paul reassured him. Nothing's running short but meat. Dinner was eaten, and Mr. Bill said he must be getting along to reach home <coughs> before night. He promised me Mrs. Bill and to see them all one day soon. Then he and Paul went up to went up Main Street to haul Arthorn's grocery, and Laura Carey handed him went joyously climbing up the gyps and sliding down them back to school. All that happy afternoon, they were full of the clear, cold air and as bright as the sunshine. They knew their lessons perfectly. They enjoyed reciting them. Every face in school was smiling and kept garlands washing, <coughs> washing green included them all. It was good to see the town alive again and to know that again all the weekdays would be school days. But in the night, Laura dreamed that Paul was playing the wild storm tune on his fiddle and then and when she screamed to him to stop the tune was a blinding blizzard swirling around her and had frozen her to solid ice then she was staring at the dark for but for a long time that nightmare held her stiff and cold it was not Paul's fiddle she heard but the storm wind itself and swish swish of icy snow on the walls and the roof at last she was able to move so cold that the Dream still seemed half real. She snuggled close to Mary and pulled the cloak over her head. What is it, Mary? Murmured in sleep. A blizzard, Laura answered. Thanks for listening to this chapter. Have a good week and have a safe and happy Halloween.